today's episode of the Albums of the Decade series on What's Who's Him Radio is brought to you by What's Who's Him Consulting, where we do the writing and editing so you don't have to. Um, that impending summer sale is still happening, but I wanted to, you know, have the appropriate graphics to accompany the announcement. So uh, those are still being created. So hold tight. That news should be ready to go first thing next week. But for now, follow our social media pages uh, at What's Who's Him Consulting on Twitter or WSH Consulting on Twitter and What's Who's Him on Instagram. Uh, where you'll find our pricing menu for the summer and a few client testimonials meant to ease your mind if you need some convincing about hiring us. And when you're ready to get started, just shoot on over to whatswhosim.com backslash consulting to place your service request. Uh, that's whatswhosim.com backslash consulting. One more time, whatswhosim.com backslash consulting. And once you're there, um, just peruse the website. It's a very lovely website, I promise. Um, I made it, so trust me. Today's episode is also brought to you by Street Cred's Five and Grind co-working special. Again, shout out to the voice of What's Who's Him Radio, Willie Mac Jr. Um, he and his family have opened up their real estate development off the Detroit Riverfront as a co-working space that has access to everything you need to launch a new venture or to expand your brand. Um, just $5 gains you entry and daily upgrades and memberships are also available. Hours and more information are available on their Instagram, streetcred.det. That's streetcred.det. One more time, streetcred, one word, dot det. Y'all go check it out. Okay, part three of the Alps Decade series. Um, shout out to the homie Kira Shai Mac for giving me the majority of his evening last Thursday. It worked out because, as y'all know, we ended up getting two podcasts out of the session. But um, So first, I mean, you're looking at the cover of this episode. So I'm presuming that y'all know his selection was Big Chris returning forever. And me trying to be, you know, an informed journalist, I'm asking all the participants to tell me what they're picking before we do our pods, just in case I haven't listened to it. And um, me and me and Kira will get into this, but I'm not the biggest crit head. So uh, it was kind of essential that I listen to his before we get we got started. And Kira told me two different times. And what made it even worse was, um, so I'm getting ready to go over his place. I'm walking back to my place from work. And he texts me because I'm trying to, be, again, I'm trying to get organized or whatever. So I sent him a Google calendar invite and I guess he saw it and he texted me and I'm, I'm getting ready to go to his house. And he texts me and he's like, I hope you listen to the right album. And I'm like, yeah, what you mean? He was like, I picked return of forever. And I guess in the Google invite, I put forever in a day. And I don't know why I, in my head, I took offense to it just cause I guess that's like what uh smart, stubborn people will just do when somebody questions them. And I was just like, yeah, I listen to the right album. What are you talking about? As I'm as I'm listening to the wrong mixtape, I'm, I'm still like, yeah, I listen to the right thing. What are you talking about? So, um, get grabbing all my stuff, grab my gear, get in the car, turn on the mixtape, listen to it in the car. I'm thinking I'm gonna go walk in with the most informed opinions, and then I sit down and me and Kier start talking, and I'm like, oh, I I totally listened to the wrong mixtape, but. Uh, we made a shake um, due to some technical difficulties. I ended up listening to a good bulk of it anyway. Um, and Kier is a professor by trade, so he can coax an hour out of thin air at this point. Um, and those aforementioned technical difficulties will get referenced again. I left my laptop charger at home, but Kier doesn't live very far. But I still had to drive to my house to get my charger and then return back to his house where we got restarted. So it ended up working out. The conversation still pretty great. I just wanted to give you all a heads up about those two notes. But, um, yeah, I think my friends are starting to turn me into crit and the crit fans, so into a crit fan, so um, we'll see. Uh, I'll keep y'all posted on that, but yeah, the conversation 
on Return of Forever by Big Crit with Kira Shai Mack is coming up next. But first, my brother, Willie Mack. Yeah, I'm Detroit's own savior, Detroit's own plug, Detroit's own future, Detroit's own love. I'm Detroit's own. Yeah, I'm Detroit's own. Yeah, and I never asked for my heart back. Yo, okay. Charlemagne, are we live? Are we live? Are we live? I think we're live. Uh-oh. I got six Rolls Royces. I got an indoor pool, and I got an outdoor, outdoor pool. pool. I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to curse. <laughs> hey, Charlemagne, let me tell you something, Charlemagne. Yo, Envy, I love y'all, but I'm tired of these, hey. <laughs> of these punk. Hey man, hey, we can't curse. Oh, I ain't gonna curse. So, I ain't gonna curse. But but these punk ass. <laughs> Yo, Ray J, man, it's funny. One it's funny. The, the second time we actually on the microphones is the second time we bring up Ray J because we show brought him up when we was doing FTC radio with oh, uh, yeah, my boy Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. Shout out uh, to Jeremy. We gonna get him Lexi on, here on too. the episode, yeah. uh, Kanye episode. Yeah. Damn. Funny man. how shit changes in a year, don't it? Dog, where is, those episodes aren't online no more. I feel like I tried to listen to the Kanye episode like a year ago. And yeah, I, I think it. they because we was they were strictly on SoundCloud. Oh, he man. has the audio files, but SoundCloud is dead too. He doesn't pay for the yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah. the hosting anymore. I yeah. just went ahead and like dropped a bag on it because I want I'm gonna give it a year. I'm gonna see if it's like SoundCloud. Time, well, yeah, yeah, for you is I mean yours is music and culture based, mm-hmm. but. Uh, when we, I mean, for LTB, SoundCloud ain't happening. <laughs> it's, it's not happening. We yeah. we got like seven views on that shit. Yikes! Yeah, but everything else was covered. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm saying y'all got the hottest new, the hottest new podcast in the streets, bro. Ah, man, we, I was we, waiting we for trying. y'all to get the. Uh, oh, uh, let me introduce. So you, you, this is your first time on on. Oh yeah, on, on Les Susan. Yeah, man. Oh, Long time coming. I might yeah. add. We supposed to talk about basketball. Yeah. We supposed to talk about music, wrestling, wrestling, music. We still gonna have a wrestling pod. Of course, man. I'm always yeah. here. But yeah, man. I, I appreciate you having me on here. Yeah. Charismatic, Kirishai Mac from Let's Talk Bruh podcast on Black Masculinity. Listen to that. Black men, listen to that, man. Yeah, man. Y'all, we need it. Listen yeah, to it. Jeremy and I have been doing, um, been trying to do some good work around here um, for about a year now, mm-hmm. and um, it's pumping. So, LTB, man, Let's Talk Bruh podcast on Black Masculinity. Check me and Jeremy out on all your local podcast stations. Hey. But. We on less suits in right now. Let's go, man. So you know how I go. So yeah. How you feeling, man? Can't complain, bro. Appreciate you doing part three for me, man. Always, man. Uh, Always. Yeah, part three of the albums of the decade project. Yeah, bro. I remember you was one of the first people I thought of, and then I felt bad. Shout out, Jeremy. I'm gonna get you on the show, bro. <laughs> I did. I did five women and five men to start to outline, and like I wrote the five first men and five first women I thought of. And Jeremy was literally number six, and I was Damn. like, "If somebody else drop out, then he, you yeah. know what I'm saying." But I know, I know Jeremy specifically got some most known unknowns, and I thought I picked the yeah. most known unknown. You you and just happen to be boys with a nigga who love your most known unknown. That's fair. the problem. That's fair. That's literally so, your problem. And the crazy thing is, man, like when I picked this particular album, I was like, "Man, ain't no ain't nobody gonna pick this person." It's like. People love this guy, but they don't love him. Or, like, really, really listen to him, really put him in right, the, really in the tradition. Really appreciate him, yeah. Yeah, really appreciate him. And for me, man, Big Crit is, I mean, the guy we talking about today, True. but Big Crit, man, he was, he's still one of them guys for me, even coming out. And, well, when I was introduced to him in 2011, man, it was really the first artist I gravitated to after, 
after I graduated high school. So I was mm-hmm. I was in my second, almost third year of college, and he was really the main person I gravitated towards. Man, it's, I, I've always had an affinity for Southern rappers, but Crit, man, after the Ti hit. Went to jail and dropped no mercy and no mercy mm-hmm. was wasn't hidden mm-hmm. at the paper trail and he had a couple of duds and I was like man no Ti dog was lacking. Jesus Christ yeah I man tried, but they put it, they put it together while he was in prison and mm-hmm. then paper trail was hidden because man paper T- trail is underrated yeah, I wish bro. yeah that's we not here for that but yeah, paper trail is underrated album. T- uh, paper trail is underrated and then because it came off the heels of his most commercial album to date, which is T.I. versus T.I.P. Mm-hmm. And that was so commercial coming off King, which was his yeah. most chart top and joint at the time. And I was starving, right? Um, T.I. was my guy, but mm-hmm. a lot of people were hugging Wayne and Gucci at the time. People was trying to figure out, is Wayne here? Is we, are we still good? Or is is Wayne kind of declining? He had dropped the car at three, but he dropped seven other mixtapes after that. Man. And his stuff felt burnt out. My, so that's the thing is like I feel that's a very unpopular opinion. I feel like Wayne, we do we going deep into tangents now, but yeah. I, I really feel like Wayne. But it's gonna bring us back to yeah, Chris we, in a we, 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 we gonna circle back. I really feel like Wayne had followed. So everything leading up to Carter Three was amazing, right? Like right. Every, so the suffix, yeah, dedication suffix, to, dedication all to, that. All the droughts is over. Literally, all yeah, the droughts is over. over. One, two, three, and four. The Carter four. The right. Carter three sessions. So everything for, leaked. Everything leaked. That's the problem. So funny enough, I so the high school I went to was an affluent high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I just happened to know one of. I was cool, for like eighteen months. I was cool with Chris Massey. Y'all Zoe one on one, bro. Okay. Story. Damn. So he happened to get his hands on uh, Carter three. Foul, bro. These engineers was foul. So I point. was like, so he played it in the whip one day, and yeah. like he was like, "This is it," and I was like, "Man, niggas been saying they got the Carter Three for a year now. This ain't it." And then it turned out to be it, and I yep. was like, "This is so underwhelming." Yep. <laughs> I was like, oh "No, my for real, God. for real." And I don't like Carter Three like a lot of other people do. Carter Two is Carter my shit. Two is the go. But I thought he was on a decline around '08. Um, mm-hmm. After he dropped Carter Three, mm-hmm. which was his most exper- uh, experimental album, and then Ti, and then Jeezy was a little quiet. But during that gap, I mean, I still kind of held on to Ti. We was still held on to Wayne. Um, Gucci was dropping, but I wasn't really like he was with the more ratchet side that I kind of I was cool with. But my niggas love Gucci. I was the, I was an outlier in that situation too, where like I heard a photo shoot and that finally reeled me in. Yeah. But up until then, I was kind of like, why do y'all like? Bro, this he dropped too many Will Chamberlains and and and, <laughs> and, and, and um, chicken talks, and I, I got tired, bro. I got tired. It, it was it was fatigue at this point. So all right, bringing yeah. it back, right? Yeah. So right on Wayne, the classic, Gucci, and then of course. Loso's way drops early oh nine mm, and then he drops mm-hmm. a series of mixtapes. Uh there's no there's competition. No competition. Loso's yeah. way two rise yeah. of power, then he drops a whole bunch of other joints and uh there's no competition two hits in two thousand ten mm-hmm. and sets that piff and live mixtapes on fire, right? Shout out to that piff, shout yep. out to live mixtapes. Absolutely, man. Our downloading hubs for yeah, a number of years until we got rid of it streaming right but then so all right so we have that gap right we bumping fab we bumping gucci we bumping wayne i'm still listening to jeezy at this point mm-hmm. um hove had just come back hove had just come back drake was i mean he's, he's rise, dropping the yeah. stuff i wasn't really a drake fan right cole still he had dropped the come up he had dropped the warm up and i'm like okay cole i feel it mm-hmm. and we hadn't heard, the world hadn't heard section 80 yet the world oh, yeah, and, was, uh, yeah. and in between that, in between section eighty, in between Cole and the come up and the freshman covers, and then 
I know your favorite album in between that time, uh, Lupe. I'm not going to say the, the go. album, but these are the albums that we, hey, you know, we're that we're thinking about. That, no, we're not. not, we not, we not but. Okay, so, I'm, so I mean, we talking to that freshman class. So, mm-hmm. you got, so f- funny enough, I think Wale was the first one to actually drop an album. Yep. Yep. Attention deficit. Yeah, attention I, deficit. I, feel like. I like a. T- uh, is it attention? It was 2011. It was his first album before. I think it was the first album he dropped on MMG. Ambition. Or it's right yeah, before yeah, Ambition. Yeah. Ambition. Yeah. Ambition. That was my album. That was a good album. Yeah. And but that's what we was listening to. And I think Crit really felt uh, filled that void for me in terms of Southern rappers. Mm-hmm. And I was put on the Crit by one of my guys during a Walmart run in seven five seven. Shout out to the set. Shout out to Hampton University. And we were sitting up there. We were listening. He was like, "Yeah, man, you know I fuck with Boosie." I'm like, "Boosie." I was like, "You talk about you talking about wipe me down, Boosie, whatever." All this Yeah, I was like, "This dude spelling bee champ." You fucking with that? That's me. Yeah. So he listening to that, and I'm like, "Man, what else you got?" He was like, "Well, I got this nigga Crit." And I'm like, "Crit." He's like, "Yeah, man, he got this mixtape called Crit was here. He got a couple joints called Hometown Hero, Booby Miles." Um, and a couple of other joints, Victoria, See Me on Top, and then Country Shit, mm. which is remixed on this album that we about to talk about. And then Return of Forever came out, and that just blew my mind. It changed, it changed basically my world at the time, going into my junior year, and it was the soundtrack for my first apartment. The day I moved in, I mm. played that album three straight times mm. as I unpacked some of my stuff from my dorm that's how into you, my that's new That's how apartment. you fall in love with an album. That's, yeah, that's bro. precisely how you fall in love with an album. Yeah, man. That, that apartment was, I swear to God, me and my boy Donovan, he was my roommate. We played that album. We had whole house parties that album, man. Like christening in the crib the first three days that mm-hmm. we got it, and it was the end of spring semester 2011. And yeah, bro, it was a lot. And it was fun, but that was that's got to be at least my favorite memories, and just particularly like how I got on the crit. For real. So I mean, you already you you didn't led into I I normally like insert a drum roll to be like okay, so what was oh shit? But no, what what was the first time you you fell in love with hip hop type? (laughs) My bad. No, you good. You good. So all right, so big crit. Damn, what's the name of the album? (laughs) Big crit, return of forever, dog. So yeah, so um, we were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. You are technically um, the second big crit lecture I've gotten in the really? last six weeks. How did how did the first lecture go, man? The first one wasn't so so. How do you feel, man? So shout out to the homie Mel. We gonna re-record his because the sound quality wasn't that great. He okay. um, Melvin's a very um, how can I put this? He is. Uh, soft with like you know he's gonna be a good dad, bro. Cause like <laughs> he he's like he he don't he's want vulnerable. You to, he's he's in yeah. tune with his emotional you know intelligence. Like he don't want you to feel bad for being an idiot, but he's like, come on, son. Like, I ain't gonna lie, that, that kind of be me. You know what I'm saying? Like that's funny. So he was he was very um he was very delicate with his words, and he wasn't like so he didn't beat me over the head with it. But it was um I, I won't call him a zealot, but he fucks with Craig Heavy. He's fucked with Craig Heavy for a very long time, but he's also from uh, Fort Lauderdale. Okay. So okay. like so and so plies wasn't happening for him no more. 
That's funny. <laughs> no, but he, I, um, I do think he relates to like the southernness of it, and I do yeah. think like him moving up north. Um, well, he, I mean, he stayed in North Carolina for college, but mm-hmm. I do think like as he like traverses the world or whatever, Crit does like keep him grounded in his roots. Yeah, and and that's one thing I think Crit does very well, man. With his um, with his with his kind of southern nostalgia, with his kind of um, southern sensibilities in terms of what he talks about. It's not just trunks and eight oh eights and and fifteens in a trunk, man. It's really, it's really rooted within, um, not in rooted within being an outsider in terms of being a, a southern rapper on the come up because people either at the time are privileging um, mainly Atlanta rappers, but also um, game is still relatively charting on mm-hmm. um, on West Coast. You got um, you got Ross and MMG. On the come up, um, one one thing about this particular album too. This particular album comes out, and I believe it's April. But uh, and in terms of what I was playing, I had I had this particular album, Return of Forever. I had Jeezy, the realest back mixtape, hey, Section a Eighty, good, a good mixtape. Yeah, uh, Gangsta Grills. I think it's yeah, still it's Gangsta Grills at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, the realest back mixtape, K Dot Section Eighty, and MMG Self Made Volume One. So, Sunday Volume One is also yes. man, yeah, bro. Tupac bag, six hundred bands, six hundred bands. Uh, another tangent. Damn. Yeah, man. Was this? Is this was that? Tw- that was twenty. That might have been twenty. That's this the first album that Wale. It was twenty eleven. It was the first oh, album that Wale was featured bro. on. Um, there was a song that Meek and Wale did called like mm-hmm. Honey Honey. It was yep. A- yep. Yeah, bro. It takes you oh, back thinking about man. it. So think about that context and think about how Crit and Cole fall within it. Mm-hmm. Because Drake is also charting. He's a take care at this point is probably still number one. Mm-hmm. Um, then we think about Ross dropping the compilation album. We like, oh shit, he's getting his label together. He's trying to be like Hove. Oh, okay, fair. All right. And then I was you, literally, I was just thinking about. Like, I mean, that that period kind of came and went, but while we was in it, it did yep. feel like all, everybody's labels were like. Doing their thing was yep. good. It was MMG. Uh, TDE, it was, TDE. was coming. It was, OVO was fake trying to do something. Yeah. Like everybody was trying to. Every, like all, all the hottest. Because House of Balloons like, hadn't come out yet, and he was still he was still trying to get Weekend on OVO mm-hmm, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always thought they were together. It kind of fucking. It was it was a vibe of their it was a vibe of their albums, man. It was a vibe of their albums, but it's it's crazy because Crit was a part of that, and and he really had a more unique sound, and he he's within that tradition of Outkast, of Mm -hmm. Ti, and Mm -hmm. Scarface, and UGK, Mm -hmm. right? And I think it's actually a perfect like amalgamation. Yeah, and and you can tell his influences. I'm not sure how many real hip hop heads listen to you, but. And, and listening to uh, Susan, hopefully they do after this. But um, I think in terms of his particular output and how he how his how he forms his rhyme schemes, how he uses his production to really talk through certain narratives of uh, reality rap in his own eyes, in terms of Meridian, Mississippi, or Atlanta, Georgia, or mm-hmm. even just other Southern sensibilities and Southern locales, um, Crit really has kind of flipped. Scarface's kind of look um, in terms and, and really put um, kind of a Afrofuturist spin and thinking about what Outkast did with AT Aliens or Aquemini, mm-hmm. um and and still keeping that keeping that gutter part of that gutter underground feel of Riding Dirty 1996 album from UGK or Super Tight 98 or even thinking about um, some of the stuff that 8 Ball MJG did with Living Legends 
Right. Mm-hmm. These are some mm-hmm. of the things that I think Crit is playing on and he's doing it fairly well. And this is basically one of his 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 major introduction to a mainstream audience. Yeah. And I'm I'm taking a look at, at some of the some of the like talking points, right? And thinking about some of the memories that I have, man, this particular album, we were sitting up here listening to um the I think what are, are the best sequence tracks on the album mm-hmm. in terms of uh in order and then in flow, of course. But um, just listening to these albums during kickbacks where you rolling up or mm-hmm. you, you pre-gaming or you busting some spades with homies, with homegirls and whoever's kicking it at the crib, Thirsty Thursday, Fridays or Saturday nights or whatever. And just sitting there and, and communing with folks and really um, just really peeping his groove and listening to the 808s on my sub or even some of the scratches in the back over the sample. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the, the production is, is abrupt, but it's smooth. And it kind of reminds you of us. I'm not gonna say a Southern Jay Dilla, but it's it's a it's a, a a tribe called Quest kind of version of. I would say DJ Paul from Three Six. Taking a quick break to tell y'all about Smitty B Lift and personal training. So, the homie Chris Smith has been on my social media timelines for literally year. I want to say dating back to. When we first graduated from high school, at least, uh, giving free game on fitness and workouts. And he's turned that into a formal business, the aforementioned Smitty B. Lifting Personal Training. Um, so he's still on IG giving that free game. So go follow him there at Smitty B. Lifting. But hire my mans too, specifically if you're in the city of Detroit. But um, he has plans that you can take up wherever you are in the country, even in the world. Um, summer's technically not over yet, so there's still some hope for that summer body. Get it right, get it tight. Uh, single sessions of 40. But three sessions are 80, and those come with a complimentary four-week program. He also offers six-week and eight-week personalized workout programs for those among us who like to work out but um, really don't know what to do when we get to the gym and need some structure. So um, there's, those are specifically tailored to each of our uh, goals and limitations. The six-week program is $20, and the eight-week program is $40. Um, so, yeah, I know I just threw a lot of numbers y'all away. So go to Chris's Instagram to learn more. That's at SmittyBLifting, just lifting, no G. And get your fitness in order today. Again, that's Smitty B. Lifting. One more time, at Smitty B. Lifting. Proud of you, bro. Uh, keep it going. All right, back to the show. We had some technical difficulties. We back in the game, though. Damn, where did we leave off, yeah, where did, yeah, where did we Where did we, we was start? in such a groove talking, but I guess we can talk about, I mean, because of the because of the technical difficulties, you had a nice car ride with Chris. Yeah, I had to go get my uh, laptop charger, so. I actually got to spend. Uh, I got. I got maybe like a third of the way through it. Okay. Um, but how was that stretch? I was telling you about. Yeah. So actually, I got through that stretch. Okay. Um, the 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 stretch I'm, I'm referring to is the, the stretch on the album where I think the sequencing, the mm-hmm. the 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 style of the songs. The you theme are good of the at segueing. I just want I just want to tell you that. Oh man, yeah, I, pre- yeah. <laughs> I had I yeah. had a little work. Like, I got these talking points already, and you just like you we mowing through them without even like saying we mowing through man, them. Like it's yeah. like it's perfect. It's, but yeah. Got a lot of practice though. I feel you. But um, in thinking about the the three to five song stretch of the uh, of the album, man, going from number four dreaming to number nine highs and lows. How did that feel for you? Um, I got thoughts, but I I'll start off with you since you the host. No, I liked it a lot. I want to say um, so we were talking about this off mic. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my biggest problems listening to Crit. Um, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I, should, I I don't know if I've explained this fully. So. I um, am among a group of friends, that, like separate friends, a separate group of friends who I'm the one person who is kind of like mad about crit. Okay. And it, I feel like it would be much easier to explain 
I, I thought about this on the way back over here. Mm-hmm. I think it would be much easier to explain if I just outright did not like crit. Okay. Um, I didn't even think it would be easier to explain if I was like actually more ambivalent about crit. Like if I just, like was very if I had conflicted feelings, I just kind of. I don't know. Like I don't dislike him. That's the best thing I can say about it. Is like I he's find good, but he's he might good. not be your cup of tea. Not even not my cup. <laughs> That's the problem. Is like I feel like I, like we putting these qualifiers on like my okay. like or dislike of crit, and this is very much like I find the music appealing. I don't seek it out. That's that's literally like okay. the extent of it. I can agree with that. I can see that. Um, I can see that. And so as an extension of that, um, this has been a recurring theme of me listening to crit. I. I, I I zone I tune in with like good intentions of like listening to what he's actually saying, mm-hmm. and then I start liking the instrumentals a lot, and then next thing I know I haven't listened to a lyric in like four verses, and I'm like oh shit like I got to go back and listen to the song because yeah. I don't even know what he said yeah so and that was that was kind of my gripe too sometimes his uh production overshines especially his early lyrics like on oh, Crit was here and then Return Forever and even Forever in a Day that you were kind of listening to mm-hmm. earlier before we even started talking but that's the um, thing is when I do when I do when I do tune in or when I do when I'm able to focus. I like his cadences. I like the way he plays with the beats. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I don't think he, that's the thing is I feel like when you make these declarations that like they come with much low, much more loaded statements. So mm-hmm. I, my fear is the subtext of me saying that like I don't pay attention to his lyrics is that I think he's a bad rapper. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, I actually no, think he's I a very you. talented rapper. It's just that like you said for some reason I get caught up in the music mm-hmm. and then I don't but that's, that's not the same case for every rapper. I'm able to multitask my focus between the music and the lyrics so I'm trying to figure out what it is about Crit that makes me zone out and uh, he has a very like comforting soothing southern draw he does man and that might be part of it too is that like it's such a comfortable sort of thing to listen to that I'm not actually listening to it I'm just kind of enjoying it yeah and I think the, the the vibes of his album, I think the the kind of soundscapes he creates, like whether it's with the the hard hitting eight oh eight of my sub, or whether it's the kind of jazzy, uh, uh, what is it, um, the jazzy kind of soulful version of, um, not the version, but uh, the the soulful grooves of dreaming, mm-hmm. or um, even rotation. As as hard as it kind of hits that first beat, um. Rotation is a is a nice kind of chill song that you can vibe to on maybe a nine o'clock drive on the way back to the crib, mm-hmm. right? Um, but that that stretch though between um, dreamers, uh, between dreaming and high and lows, which one stood out to you before I give you mine? Um, you got dreaming, you got rotation, you have my sub. I definitely so rotation definitely caught my ear. Okay. Um. I've heard of I've heard about my sub. I want to say so. Okay. Shout out to I don't know if we got if we hit this on the first part before technical difficulties. One of my uh, actually my homie Will shout out to Will mm-hmm. uh, contributed to the website frequently. He wrote a piece comparing not, not comparing I hate using that word but um, highlighting the similarities between J Cole and Crit. And he talked about my sub. So me and you were actually talking about this too, just mm-hmm. about how important car culture is to Crit and how you wanted me to listen to the album as I was coming back and forth between the crib. Right. 
because the the whips has I mean the, we all we all know about the whips. I feel like if you listen to this pod, you know about how important the music be sounding good in your car is. But, Absolutely. Um, I'm sure for Crit it's extremely important because to him, I'm sure it's inextricable the relationship between how his music sounds and what he wants to listen to while he's riding around yep. in his cars. So. Absolutely. And part of that, like I think I was reading an interview. Um, it might have been when he was talking about Praying Man um, that he did with B.B. King on Live from the Underground, his mm-hmm. um, Def Jam debut. Um, he was talking about how he tests his albums and his mixtapes on drives between uh, going going from Atlanta back uh, back to his hometown, Meridian, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And he lives in Atlanta. And I think he said that's a three or four hour drive. And he tries to test the beats. He tries to test the layers um, because as a sound engineer and as a producer himself, he's really trying to figure out uh, the different levels, but also understanding like how long does this can this sustain somebody's attention for? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I kind of like how this album fits in 2011 because we're getting some sh- we're we're still in this mixtape mode, but people are approaching these mixtapes as albums and giving us 80 minute or 79 minute or 60 uh 69 minute or 80 minute tapes based on just real bars or real grooves and really providing soundscapes and soundtracks to people's summers, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can really remember the time when Dedication 2 came out mm-hmm. and where you were at. You remember um, when uh, Finally Famous 3 came out or Finally, Finally Famous 2, you know mm-hmm. Big Sean, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and with Crit, even with Return Forever, like I really remember exactly where I was at. And, talk a little bit about this before but it was really the soundtrack for me finally getting my first apartment and feeling like I was on my own at 21 yeah and it, it, it felt amazing that is that is something I think I've I noticed um listening to the listen to 30 this I listened to and then listening to um um um, um well I listened to it forever in a day and mm-hmm. then listening to it's better this way um these coming of coming of age, coming of narrative, age narratives, narratives, bro. Coming of age narratives, one hundred percent. And I do think, I, I guess, it's, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely still coming of age. So absolutely, the the, the 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 stuff that's resonating with me is definitely the, um, I guess, the, like the, the the confidence you're trying to instill in yourself and the the recognizing that like you're gonna get where you want to get. Just like be patient and all the, all the, all the sort of like common cliches and tropes not, not even saying that pejoratively but just kind of yeah. like the the messages and motifs that um critics putting out but um yeah man yeah that, it's like that then in that sequence in particular right um i'll read it again for folks that are listening mm-hmm. um oops my bad <laughs> i'm about to play, play the, the damn play album the, play the tape yeah we about to get cut off of, uh everywhere you have your podcast at man. It's crazy. man I've, I've been dropping the tracks in just like Oof. so i don't Oof. know yeah, be careful dog be careful but um the 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 stretch i'm talking about is dreaming rotation my sub sookie now with david banner american rap star and then highs and lows mm-hmm. right so you start off from going smooth riding in the late night and then you get uh the anthem with david banner with no mask. 
my it goes back to his um, baptizing dirty water days, <laughs> man. Back when we was listening to him and Lil Flip kick shit, and him and Static Major, rest in peace, Static Major, who produced um, "Crank It Up" for him on um, Mississippi the album too. Mm-hmm. But um, you you feel him getting his mojo on Crit's production, and yeah. then you even kind of hear um, you even kind of hear some of uh, David Banner's influences within that part of production, right? And then you get the sounds of highs and lows, right? And I think that's where he really starts experimenting on tracks and really starts experimenting with not only his flow, but uh, his melodic flow on that, but also in terms of his um, production and bringing in Parliament Funkadelic and try to uh, mm-hmm. try to um, what's the uh, interpolate Bootsy Collins? Uh, I'd rather be with you, and I thought. That in particular kind of shows his southern roots and his southern heritage, but also it harkens back to placing him in a tradition of um, kind of an Afro Afrofuturistic vibe and thinking mm-hmm. of Outkast and thinking about Parliament Funkadelic and what they tackled in terms of the mothership and being on board and all this other type of stuff, right? But and I think he's using that as a way to forge himself in a um, in a tradition and in a lane that really talks about down home um, raps, but also rooted in um, coming up and finding a way out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. and, and I love that particular stretch on the album. Real, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I just wish I, I guess I had more to like add to it. Um, no, I got you. <laughs> no, I mean just because I'm I, the most I can the most I can give to this conversation is because I the most the most credit I've listened to is better this way. I listen to that kind yeah, of yeah, and and I love and I love that. I just thought in terms of especially albums of the decade, I think this project in particular, Return of Forever, was the one where you can really see his roots starting to be planted and then eventually yeah. growing to who he is now. With it's better this way when he um, separates from Def Jam. That's the that's the 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 moment where he particularly separates that and then the 12 for 12 where he's jacking his beat where he's jacking mm-hmm. folks beats mm-hmm. right uh all the freestyles and then he makes the move to being more independent with multi-alumni and he drops uh forever is a mighty long time his double album which i believe might be his best to date mm-hmm. but um i mean but he dropping an album this this friday bro or it's coming up in about a few hours and i i just hope that he's bringing the thunder like he did on his last project, sure. and I think, but um, but I do think Return of Forever is the is the root of that. I think it's the start of that, and I think it's one of his most important, if not the most important, um, project that he's put out. No, I understand that entirely. Um, yeah. I, so, when 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 can I say I first heard about Craig? Because you're two years older than me. I want to say. You was born in ninety one. Ninety two. Okay, I was born ninety. Okay, so. Um, for some reason, I can't really remember hearing about Crit until I got to Howard. I didn't hear about Crit until I got to Hampton, and that was my sophomore year, the end of my, towards the end of my sophomore year when mm-hmm. I when I heard it. Yeah, but so I mean, I'm looking at his discography now. Shout out to Wikipedia, the mm-hmm. always reliable Wikipedia, and he's been dropping music for a, a, this is year 14, and him dropping mixtapes. I'm sure like the f- the first few weren't meant to be of mm-hmm. course like they're your starter tapes shout out to when mixtapes were actually mixtapes i know right when you was getting them out when you was getting them from the um when you, that was the only time at the barbershop you could bring a whole bunch of money because you was getting a cut and you was like all right i'm buying two cds which ones i'm getting you feel me so yeah man times but i mean so he was using his mixtapes like you said to for to foreground and to 
to build his base, to build mm-hmm. to build his consumer base, and not even his consumer base, because I feel like that's way too consumeristic and too capitalistic. Like he he has. So I was as I was listening to the raw tape earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a line that I didn't know I necessarily agree with, but it, I when I heard it, it made sense to me that Crib was saying it was something about like. I'll never go mainstream because, like, love from the underground is forever. And Bro. I was like, that is like, I that is that is a that is a line that makes so much sense coming Man. from you. Yeah, and not I feel like that again sounds like a pajorative statement, but mm-hmm. it's a very no, it fits him, emblematic bro. of him. Right? It fits him, and and you look at his trajectory, right? He started as an underground artist, um, uh, one of uh, who he calls the originals with Dom Kennedy, um, with uh, Currency on the come up, and shout to Dom and Currency, yeah, man, and in that oh seven oh eight season, and then um. He he finds he finds buzz and he finds uh, he finds a lot of buzz right and then returning forever and getting that stamp from David Banner and then getting that stamp from Ludacris and Bun B on um, Country Shit Remix mm-hmm. really propels him to get that deal with Def Jam. Now the thing with Def Jam is Def Jam signs him to a three uh, a three album deal and he's learning as he's recording live from the underground that it's all it's not all glitter and gold. Right, and then he he sees this, and he's like, "Yo, I mean, I love this album, but people weren't really feeling it, and I had the machine behind me, but I felt like they were cramping my style. So let's see what I can do with the next album. Yeah. And I mean, you might hear folks talk about Catalactica, and I love Catalactica. Um, after he drops Catalactica after a stream of uh, mixtape, so Forever and a Day comes uh, right after. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Return of Forever, then he drops his debut album, Live from the Underground. Yep. Then he does Forever in a Day, and he does King Remembered in Time. And then I think he takes a quick break to record Catalactica, and that comes out in 2014. Yep. Um, and then Catalactica goes gold. And that's one of the few albums that folks are listening to. We pay attention with uh, Rico Love. Then he has King of the South, with I, which I love. And he has Mind Control on that and Third Eye and the list goes on. Mm-hmm. But he's still, his his style is still being cramped by Def Jam. And Def Jam is going through a whole bunch of turmoil and, and turning um, uh, vice presidents around and vice A&Rs and all this. Jeezy takes hold and brings up YG. Uh, L.A. Reid. This crazy Jeezy was like the president of Death. Yeah, Jam. bro. Right after, uh, right after Hove, and right, right before Khaled. Yeah, they Khaled. did give Khaled. The yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, after he uh, sold, um, we the best. Mm-hmm. But, um, but Crick kind of gets lost in that shuffle, and especially with Nas coming out with albums, um, because Jay Z brokers a deal back in '09 to bring him to Death Jam. Mm-hmm. Um, Crick gets lost in that shuffle, in, in that shuffle. And he's putting out he's putting out projects, but folks aren't really feeling it. And he realizes I got to get out of this Def Jam deal. Mm-hmm. And once he makes that decision, he goes from the underground to mainstream, and now he goes back to semi underground. But he has a cult following now as an independent artist. Now you hear the ultimate seeds of Return of Forever, and Forever is a mighty long time in his most recent album. Yeah. And Crit is here, which he's about to come out with this uh, this week tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, bro. Yeah. So yeah, you just really see it, and it's funny because you think about all these songs that he has, and I think the best song for me on the album, um, the best song for me on the album is Highs and Lows. I was doing it all on my own, gripping wood grain and riding 
think he puts haters on notice right there. And I think he um he tells folks very early on that regardless of what y'all talking about or what I'm doing, y'all can't stop my grind and y'all can't stop my shine, right? Um, he uses that and he uses dreaming as a baseboard to really – uh, get his footing underway and to really talk about some of the things that are going on in the South and particularly country, country boy raps as he calls them. <laughs> right. And I think um, his second verse in particular is, is smooth and jazzy, but I think it kind of unlocks his, um, his big boy speaker vibes, uh, speaker box kind of vibes mm-hmm. where it's a little underground, it's a little under underrated and underfaded, but that shit is still fire. Like, for instance, Love Below, everybody loves that album, but Speaker Box holds his own against that, I would think. Yeah. And I think Crit does that, particularly in his second verse, when he showcases his uh, lyrical dexterity. Mm-hmm. So, that's my fav- my best song on the album. Now, my favorite might be Made A Lot with Big Sound. People hate a box stop, so I could rebound and ball for the top spot. All the same, I'm a staple in the game. Ain't never been no danger. That's why I find it strange when I made a lot of cheese. So when you go home, if you listen, when you eventually go home and listen to it in the car, it knocks. You get that feel of like eight ball and MJG, but it's also very reminiscent of. You remember Never Scared Bone Crusher, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember when hearing it for the first time? Attention! Yeah. And you heard him right, but then Killer Mike comes on. You yeah. like, I've seen him before, but I've never really heard him rap. He was on the the he was on. Uh, the whole world video, everybody knows, but everybody don't really know, right? And then T.I. follows him right after that and gives the illest verse on that song, 03. And this particular song made a lot with Big Crit and Big Sean. They are reminiscent or eerily reminiscent of the chemistry that um, Killer Mike and T.I. had on Never Scared. Mm-hmm. And I think that part, that particular song is one of my favorite songs on the album. That's fair. Now I want to. I kind of want to play it now, but man, yeah, I'll, I'll hold off. I'm gonna throw. Yeah. I'm gonna throw it in. That's fine. Yeah, yeah throw it in the background. Don't, don't sue me, Crit. This is a mixtape. Hey it's man, Crit, Crit, we we trying to get we trying to get people to listen to you know everything you've done, this bro. Is, this is love. Don't bro. take it off, man. This multi love, a lot. Bro. Multi to the sun die, bro. Okay, y'all. One more quick break to tell y'all about Robin Sabine. So. Uh, Robin Sabine is owned and operated by my little sister, Brianna Scales, and she named it after her daughter, my niece Robin, while also incorporating a French fl- a French flair, excuse me, using the word Sabine, which the more you know, is French for soap. Um, inspired by her mother's own soap crafting, uh, the brand you see before you is a tribute to Little Miss Robin with hopes that one day, Brianna will be able to pass down her craft and scales just as her mother did for her. Um, this is a quote from Brianna, everything I do is for Robin, I want her to have something to look at and say, wow, my mommy did that. As a mother, I just want to make her proud. Um, so what just started as a healthy outlet for Brian has grown her skill and creativity immeasurably through constructing innovative Christmas and birthday presents and gorgeous gift baskets for family and friends. Um, I've personally seen the work Brian's put in and continues to put into this project, y'all. She's constantly in our group chat, testing out ideas and asking for uh, feedback on stuff. So if y'all need a creative gift for somebody this summer, get them some smell goods because you know, summertime, sweaty, B.O., all that good stuff. Y'all hip. So if you, you don't even have to go to Lush. You know, you don't have to go to Somerset. Y'all can st- keep keep your money in a black-owned business, um, in a young 
black lady doing it out here, man. Holla at Brianna, she'll get you right. So follow her business page on Instagram. That's at Robin Savon, R-O-B-Y-N-S-S-A-V-O-N. And visit the website to learn more and place an order. Uh, the website is www.robinsavon.com. One more time, robinsavon.com. Um, so yeah, hit her up on IG, go to the website, get whatever you need. I'm proud of you, young breezes. Keep going. And y'all support a young black entrepreneur trying to make it and help y'all smell good at the same damn time. Um, I want to say, I, I guess like something that stands out to me about crit. Um, I, so I was, I was thinking about this earlier and as we, we brought up his act. So you bringing up T.I. is actually a, a good comp to mm-hmm. me. Um, cause as a kid who really, so as an even younger kid who didn't know anything much about music in the South. Um, I always thought, so I remember I heard 24s and I was kind of <laughs> like, who is this nigga? And it was it was it was less about Yo T.I. is my man. That's the homies. But bro. I remember when he first dropped, my I was top just kind of favorite rapper of all time. Yeah. I was just kind of um perplexed about the the who he was trying to portray himself as. Mm-hmm, I was too. Um and so I guess like because I hadn't been like ex- I hadn't experienced real southern living or like an actual like an actual southern dude like yep. talking to me. Yep. I just kind of like took for granted that like this guy was a legitimate like he was real. Yeah. Like I like I don't even know that there are better adjectives I'm sure, but I guess what I'm trying to get at is that like I just kind of disbelieved what he was trying to sell me. Right. And I think so I'm, one of my favorite Wayne songs ever is Shooter funny. I mean Carter 2 was crazy, <laughs> yeah. but he I mean his verses on there are very clever and Absolutely. he got a, the line he says um this is southern. This is southern. Face it. If we too simple, and y'all don't get the basics, I th- I thought about that when I was trying to interrogate why I dismiss crit so much. Mm, interesting. Um, because I think a lot of it does have to do with his speaking voice, and it's unfair. Um, I see that? I think I had to get past. I definitely had to get past that with Ti. I don't yeah. know. If, I I don't know if. It's funny because Ti's rap voice is very different from his regular voice. But he still, uh, I, well, younger him specifically was definitely <laughs> he was he his his accent was heavy. Yeah, especially on I'm Serious. His uh, first I, album. I, I'm Oof. Serious. It was heavy. Trap music. Yeah. It was a little lighter, but it yeah. was still fairly heavy. And then by King, he had kind of yeah toned it down. And and to your point though, I'm thinking about that now with Crit like Return of Forever. He sound he he pretty much still he sounds like a sophomore rapper mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. hearing him now you like you hear the sophistication in his voice yeah. and his delivery and his flow you you hear him stacking bars and and try to um try to uh, manipulate syllables so he um he can flow into the next rhyme or flow into the next cadence and you don't hear that much sophistication of this album and part and one of the questions you had on here was yeah, you do uh, do you still listening in 2019? Will you still listen in 2029? Mm-hmm. And how relevant is it, right? I still listen to it because I like Crit. Will I be listening to it in 2029? I would hope because I think part of my developmental years in rap and understanding hip hop uh to the extent that I do now, certain artists are going to stick with you. Mm-hmm. So I think Crit will stick with me. Now, do I think it might still be relevant to folks? I don't know if I would recommend this as a crit album for them to first listen to crit, mm. but I do think it's one of his most important. I mean, so 
I guess like I don't I don't really know how folks recommend music, but if it, I, it, I mean in terms of like a sequence of so if you were mm-hmm. just kind of like listen to these projects or like here's a playlist of stuff, right. like how prominent would music from this project be on that playlist? Um, six songs. Okay. Would be on that. That's, um, that, that stretch, or I think well most of most of that stretch, and yeah. I think um, made a lot is further down um, in that actual sequencing of the album, mm-hmm. um, which I think should be moved up, and that's one of the, I think one of the weaknesses. But I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, I think I would made a lot. Uh, Sookie now, rotation, dreaming, and highs and lows. I would put on a playlist of 2011 um, songs of the year kind of thing. Um, either whether it's commercial, whether it's shit to vibe to, like a particular playlist, I would put those six on, mm-hmm. those five or six songs on there. And I would recommend those for starters of trying to get folks down with Crit. Bet. Got you. Yep. Um, I, I do think those particular five or six. Shout out to Raheem Devon. I haven't gotten the Players Ballad yet, but I'm just really excited. Uh, to listen yeah, to it. I, uh, Players Ballad. It's okay, but it's one of them. For me, it's one of them take it or leave it kind of songs. I like I was thinking in terms of some of the weaknesses, right? Like you folks have heard me talk a little bit now about sequencing. Uh, sequencing meaning we both care about sequencing. Yeah, bro. Sequencing it makes or breaks important. an album. Yeah. Dog. Um, because it's a certain pocket where you have a certain vibe that you're feeling. Like maybe songs three through six are the most hard hitting gutter songs on in terms of whoever you're listening to, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the maybe the seven through nine stretch of, in terms of album is maybe an R and B kind of feel or kind of vibe ish where you're. Either sitting in the car, or you're you're relaxing and trying to really reflect on the day, mm-hmm. and then the last kind of songs are joints that are a little bit more commercial, but also ones that you feel like kind of wind the album down if you're good about how you sequence an album. Mm-hmm. So in terms of flow and organization, I think one of the things that does well is that particular stretch. But I think one, I think the album is a little, I think the um, the project is a little too long. It ends off at 21 songs, and they fit country shit remix on there particularly to promote the album right and i was like country shit you had on the on crit was here project that came out in 2009 or 20 early 2010 and that was a still kind of so I, I it was w- still relatively new mm-hmm. but not the remix hadn't hit and the music video was the one that promoted this particular project well i, I will say about like the length of the track list because i had that thought too when i was trying to scroll through to see if I can finish it in time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 21 songs. But I do, 20, 2011, the, like the 20, 2009 yeah. to 2012 range was mm-hmm. folks still trying to, I guess, kind of gauge like how long their album should be. Yeah, and the, Or how long their mixtapes could be because mm-hmm. remember, they're trying to blend it in now. Yeah. Like we getting these pro, where we now consider them not to be LPs or EPs, but projects yeah. or mixtapes. We I can't mean, discern yeah. and we can, but can't. Well, at this point, they were fully promotional for that. Absolutely, album. like yep. the full promotion. Yep. So and twenty one songs, but it tops out at what I think maybe seventy two minutes, something like that. Let me see. So seventy four forty five. Yep. So our intention spans are much shorter now because we're so used to hearing in in some cases sixteen tracks, but forty forty nine minutes, and we Shit, because nine tracks with thirty. Yeah, nine tracks thirty seven minutes. We're thinking of Pusha T's um, Daytona, mm-hmm. but is but we were more accustomed to sitting in the whip and really driving and riding to these albums. And you don't really do that now. You either on the bus or the train or just real quick hitters that you can get, knock out some work and at your desk or whatever the case may be. Yeah, however you consume music. But 
um, I think sequencing in terms of this album, um, I think some songs can be taken out. I think if if he topped out at a crisp fourteen, um, I think that would have worked. Well, like, some interludes too. I I will. So it is a couple interludes. Yeah, yeah. Have, and that's fine. Haven't heard. Um, like I said, haven't heard. It's better this way first. Mm-hmm. It was kind of cool to hear the old dude pull up, come up on. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Eighty six. Yep. I can tell you something about having an 86. Michael <laughs> Jordan, first quarter record, 86. Yeah, man. Skits are a big part of the albums, man. I wish folks got. And the funny thing is, he has that continuity with that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that guy that's on is better this way. He's on um he's on Forever is not is a mighty long time, but I also think he's on a couple of other um skits that Crit does. Um, particularly is that Crit voice in them? It sounds like Crit might Crit be like. voices the ones on Forever and a Day, and he does on, uh, I think Big Sign is on this particular um, intro that he does with the alarm clock mm-hmm. for Return Forever. But he does some of them, but he also gets other people, uh, his homeboys, to come in and, and voice them and, and really be, I guess, kind of the mainstream audience's ear, especially on It's Better This Way. Yeah. So, yeah, man, it's particularly interesting thinking about it. Um, but the songs I would take off are the ballad, uh, Player's Ballad with Raheem Devon. I'm a big Raheem Devon fan. That's what I'm saying. It's Raheem. Bro. I know, bro. I know. But I, him and I'm I'm glad he found Rico Love for Catalactica mm. because I think him and Rico Love have a better chemistry than what him and Raheem Devon were trying to do okay. on this, right? Um, I like that. I, I'll take that off. I'll take the vent. Free my soul, uh, shake it with joy. Um, okay, so let me just, I'm just want to cut in real quick. So here's yeah. another. I feel like this is me mostly voicing like why I have not really paid much attention to Crit as okay. you glorify <laughs> his works and all of his, all of his blessings. He got some um, flaws too, though. No, so I guess part two of this too, and uh, and I guess that's why I always found the Crit called. Um, comparison mm-hmm. so intriguing is because i think there's a love there are people who find cole and he he is i, I won't even deny it cole is a cole preaches that yeah there yeah. is a song on this album titled another naive individual yeah glorifying bro and encouraging racism because for the for the folks that overstand my brother <laughs> you feel me they gotta overstand <laughs> man me. i mean i'm not gonna lie it's a little Taleb Kweli-ish, bro. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's cool, and I get it. Yeah, I get it. I could take it or leave it, though. Okay. I could take it or leave it. But how do you, I mean, but but how do you feel about it, though? No, that's what I... So I haven't heard the song yet, and okay. I'm sure it's a good song. I guess I it say is. That, I guess I say that to say that, like, part of what... Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll tie Lupe into this. We both mm-hmm. love Lupe. So I hated Food and Liquor too. Yeah. Because yeah, it was absolutely. just transparently him just telling me what to do. Yep. And I was like, if I want to get a lecture, I could call home, bro. Like my or, daddy gave me plenty of them. Or I, I can pull these shits up on YouTube. You feel uh, me? Yeah. Like I didn't like he was, it sounded very much like he was like being like, Okay, you like terrible young black boy, get your shit together. And I was like, dog, I like you were better at like telling me stories once upon a time. Like <laughs> You, you were less aggressive about yeah. how telling me what to do with my yeah, life. Yeah, man. And so I feel like Critch is very, like, aggressive and being, like, and ag- aggressive not in a bad way, but just he, he's to the point. He's very direct about, like, mm-hmm. here's how you improve your life. Boom, 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 boom. And for some reason, I kind of perceived that and was like, 
We the same age, dog. Like I don't really need <laughs> advice from you. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's one of them songs where you you like, all right, fair, bro. I got you. All right, I'm with it. I'm with it. It's it's almost it, how can I say it? And it's Taleb Kwali-ish and trying to be strictly for my niggas Tupac-ish, mm. but it kind of misses it. The okay. But I like the content. I just don't think it was fitting him at that particular time. And I don't think he packaged it well. Okay. Now, I do think he does that fairly well on Forever is a Mighty Long Time on his double album because he has two sides that he can unlock. Right, and right, right, two right, right. sides depending on... Who, what vibe you feeling at the time? I think yeah. Mixed Messages does that well. I think Higher yeah, Ground does that well. We about that. Yeah, we yeah, about yeah. That. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, another another nigga. Nah, I'm cool. I'm cool, bro. So yeah, you could you could and then shake it and then Amtrak and I was like maybe Time Machine, but I'm not gonna lie. At this particular time, Mixtape Messiah Number Two for Chameleonaire. Folks have never heard of this album before. Shout out to Chameleonaire. But this bro. is when him and Paul Shout Wall was cool. Shout out to Hip Hop cool. Police, bro. Niggas. <laughs> oh seven <laughs> Ultimate Victory. Police, Ultimate Victory Shout album. Shout out to Slick Rick, bro. Yeah, okay. bro. Yeah. But <laughs> Chameleonaire, man. I, if my guys hear this, they go because they they be like. <laughs> You look. You still listen to Chameleon? No. Here's the thing. <laughs> when him and Paul Makes Wall, no, this bro. It. When I'm when I'm telling you, when I was downloading shit on Kazai and LimeWire, shout I was, out to Kazai, bro. I bro. No, I was so, finding the wildest. No shit. No bullshit. I feel like this is definitely a scam. Now that I think about it, because I was free. Me and my dad paid for a version of Kazai when we first. Kazai Pro, I remember. Yeah, I don't know if it was pro or not, but yeah. we definitely paid for a version of Kazai. You thinking you was gonna get faster downloads? Yeah. It was the same shit. Nah, yeah, yeah it's nine ninety nine, bro. <laughs> yeah, I remember. But I was downloading so much music that when I was on my southern shit, looking for Swisher House and Mike Watts, I came across this mixtape with Chameleon and Paul Wall, mm-hmm. and that's when they before they was beefing. And crazy. I found Chameleonaire's Mixtape Messiah 2, and I was like, what the fuck is this? All right, let me listen to it. He was good. That boy was rapping. He wasn't Chameleon doing the singing rapping, but that boy was rapping. Chameleon, that's the thing is it's easy to forget because it's because easy to Because you get the commercialized version. You get Riding Dirty. You yeah. get white people because that's their favorite song of I all hate, time. I hate Riding Dirty with 82. passion. Pretty much everything else Chameleonaire put out, I liked. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah fair. I, fair. Yeah, but Riding Dirty was trash. Yeah, that song was bad. but... That song, uh, Crit, and I, that's one of the reasons why I love Time Machine, but also I'm cool with you just releasing it on SoundCloud, but <laughs> SoundCloud wasn't there at the time, so you was getting that piff and exclusive, and yeah. you was, you know, exclusive. dropping new tracks, yeah. So, yeah, I can I can do without that. So those are some of the weaknesses, I think, some some of the sequencing, but like I said, I think that um, – that particular pocket between songs four and nine, I think that's the best stretch um, of his particular mixtape output, I think. Fair. And especially for folks that that want to be introduced to Crit, I would suggest listening to Return of Forever songs four through nine. Got you. Yep. Um, okay, so I mean, we kind of touched about like what growth means, I guess, in the artist's projects. But um, mm. so, I mean, so... I, I I understand fully what you mean about you would hope to be still listening to it in twenty twenty nine. Right. Because, but I, I think I think that's more so a byproduct of because 
these are your favorites, you would hope that they're still making music yeah, relevant man. enough that you would care enough to listen our to par- them. Our parents was holding on to the stylistics and the dramatics mm-hmm. and and other folks that we hadn't heard of or was kind of obscure at the time. But, I mean, they held them on and they was... Came, they came out in 1960s and 70s, yeah. and it was 1999, 2000, still listening to them. So I would hope I would come back to Big Crit, uh, this particular project yeah. specifically, yeah, so I would hope. Um, I know in, in one thing in particular, growth, right? Um, I talked a little bit about the evolution of his narratives in terms of the kind of coming-of-age narratives, but now the coming-of-age boy is really a, a man or an adult in this world trying to figure out how he's negotiating through certain social spaces and how he does that, right? And I think um, he he uses this he uses this particular album as a platform to work these ideas out. But in some cases, in his projects a little bit after that, he does get a little bit redundant of trying to get from the underground, being an outsider, and I get it, right? And in some cases, it can come off as... Not preachy, but damn, bro. Uh, when when you gonna come up from the underground, right? Yeah. And it's it's always this kind of um, underlying um, invisible man message mm-hmm. that a lot of folks don't really necessarily mess with, and I get it, but I do sympathize with it because I understand. Yeah, I understand uh, how relatable it is in terms of race and creed and color, right? Mm-hmm. But also in terms of a, a literary perspective, I understand it based on um using using your particular voice and using your particular narrative as a way to sketch out a way of life that hadn't been seen or hadn't been thought of before like we got these lyrics from ti um in terms of trap music we got ludicrous with southern hospitality and um and 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 chicken and beer right we got scarface to fix we got three six mafia we got i mean even in in newer terms we got yo Gotti, young jeezy um ross but I think Crit in particular, um, and especially at the time where David Banner was kind of laying low after um, the certified album, he wasn't really hitting in, after 2007 and 2008, mm-hmm. needed, an- needed a needed another person to kind of feel that sensibilities. And I mean, I don't really want to get into super nerd talk here, but um, I see... I see crit if we if we take a look at some of the literary folks from um the 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 late 1960s and 70s that were coming out of the south or even thinking about uh the 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 pantheon thinking about Zora Neale Hurston coming out of Florida and her putting herself on wax and then we think about some of the authors that and shout out to uh, the pieces the pieces I am the Toni Morrison documentary hey, have you seen um, it yeah I've seen it like yeah. twice yeah, yeah bro yeah. um and we think about the artist that and the the writer she put on and i'm thinking more so about tony k bambara like one of the one of the most prolific african american literary writers of our time and crit follows within that kind of tradition of rappers is kind of most known unknowns mm-hmm. right po- folks that have a cult following folks that know that People that uh, that know that he can rap and put on wax and produce and and engineer and stylize the whole album and still be able to rap at a high quality where you're where you're where you're getting looks and you're getting listens, but it's not the superstardom kind of pop 
kind of thing. And to be honest, I wouldn't want that for Crit. I would rather him stay in this particular lane where I can appreciate his music and other folks who are from the outside looking in to us Crit fans are like, yo, okay, this dude this dude has something. I'm, I'm sad I missed these first 10 years, mm-hmm. right? So, and, and this is the hope that I, I, I hope folks have in listening to his projects. Yeah, I um, I don't want to. The comparison is just too one to one to like avoid. But mm-hmm. I do think, in a way, Cole could have been not necessarily a template for the, for Crit to follow because they kind of came up together. But Cole has kind of proven that. I mean, it's not totally doable because I'm sure he still feels a lot of strains about like a Absolutely. lot of the like sort of mainstream media obligations he still has to do in order to maintain his status as like one of the top three rappers in the world. Mm-hmm. But he has kind of like laid the sort of blueprint on how to be successful and mainstream while not like losing your essence as a human. Yeah. And I, but I do think that it was a very intentional decision by him to do that. Mm-hmm. I do think that in a lot of ways, I, I, I totally understand why Crit would kind of like not want the spotlight or shoot the spotlight. Right. Just mostly because of the, the strain it takes on your mental mm-hmm. um and so and we saw that with def jam man that's one of the reasons yeah. why they why why he just decided to split on 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 amicable terms mm-hmm. and wow shit is def jam was like all right i guess yeah he was like yeah i'm, I'm about to be about it here yeah. and he was like all right cool whatever and he well, needed it yeah he did he, he did it. he did and he so i mean it's, and it's not it's not completely one-to-one because cole had the freedom of like being signed to i mean to and, rock and, nation and, and, and yeah. is distributing but he still signed to a dude who really ain't gonna press him as long as his albums are selling, his albums yep. are gonna sell. So absolutely, um, and and his tour dates are gonna yeah. sell the fuck out. That's the thing because I remember, like, I still haven't really listened to. I hope, hopefully, I get to talk t- twenty fourteen with somebody. I might do. Mm. I might make that one for me. But I haven't listened to For Your Eyes only really, but maybe one and a half I like, times. I like that album, bro. But bro, I, 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 I think kind of why I haven't listened to it is because he didn't seem to care about it. Mm, Which interesting say, in terms of like, promotion yeah he didn't really promote it and so with me it was like like change is one of my favorite songs of this decade mm. um and i think i i named is one of when, when we when i asked you to do the when we did the um write-up for the best albums that mm-hmm. year, best album songs, i made i made it my number five song that year i love right. that song and the album had just dropped so for me to do that i had yeah. to like take a leap um but i i don't know like i liked i liked change i like neighbors Neighbors and, is my shit. Yeah, and I, and I generally didn't dislike the album, but when it became apparent that like he didn't really, and he's and he's he said so much um, in the years since about like, yeah, I dropped the album, but after that I kind of went home and started like taking care of my wife, and she was about to have. A yeah, baby. man, he's a, he was a family man at that yeah. point, and that's a family man album, mm-hmm. I would say, mm-hmm. and I think it missed the mark a little bit in terms of his audience, but and I do agree, I do like that album. Um, I won't say it reson- it really resonated with me like Forest Hills Drive did, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I can I can see why folks say that, and particularly with Crit Man, like some projects might not resonate with me as hard, but I do think Return of Forever is one of those albums that's like it's not it not only hit me at a particular moment where I'm like yo I'm really forging a lane for myself I'm really becoming a full fledged adult I'm learning how to be an authentic. Uh, version of me, whether that's that's being being black and nerdy, but also being still cool, calm, and collected, and still being able to have fun and enjoy myself in different social circles. And mm-hmm. I think Crit uh, Crit helped kind of uh, enable that in terms of some of his lyrics. Um, 
in in and in terms of some of his songs and his subject material, uh, his subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I do think um, in terms of creating, in terms of Returner Forever, that. I th- his his blueprint was laid with this particular album, and he's followed that, and he's he's evolved from that yeah. so much since, especially in 2013, 2014. Like he's moved into a, uh, a in terms of a, in, in a class of his own in terms of um, in, in terms of his rapping ability, but also in terms of being able to step away from his production and be able to use other folks' production as a way to fit his own personal kind of identity mm-hmm. like he has folks like uh dj dahi or yeah. even metro Boomin to some extent or an organized noise on his last album comes in and it feels like outcast but it feels like ugk but it also feels like uniquely crit as mm-hmm. well and i think um if he wasn't able to drop returner forever he wouldn't have been able to been uh be able to drop that kind of um that kind of work that we see now in 2017, 2018, and 2019. No, I see that. I will I will say, um, again, a third of the way into the album, be- It's Better This Way made a ton of sense after hearing some of these songs. Yeah. So, to, to your point, like, it was a foundational piece, 100%, but I feel like that's underselling it. Like, he definitely used it to build up, but not even... I feel like to say he used pieces of an album makes it sound like he didn't really evolve, but he definitely mm-hmm. it's clear that like um I don't want to I don't want to step on a conversation we have about better this way with the homie, but yeah. um it's clear that like at the end of the day the the, the the theme of being from the underground wasn't just like one theme. He he managed to use like, okay, so I'm trying to make it from the underground. Okay, now that I'm kinda of making it from the underground, I could like do some fuck shit or I mm-hmm. can like go the right way. It's yep. better the right way. So I'm going to, so he's clearly like, I'm, I have a, I have a sort of like gimmick that I'm a, I'm a milk a little bit, but I will figure out innovative ways to milk that gimmick. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. What else we got? Anything else? Uh, any other thoughts you got? I um, mean, most folks been like riding out talking about my, my album is the best album of the year. Fuck with Joe. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> all that other. Um, most underrated song I'll end with this um Lions and Lambs um it's a it's an interesting title it's an interesting song but I do think um it's a it's a it's a, a coming of age kind of narrative but it's rooted within um being on the come up I'm not sure if folks have folks have heard these songs and these um these plot lines in terms of certain songs and narratives um the come up the come up narrative in terms of the Horatio Alger like getting uh, staying down until you come up right that's mainly Crit's MO on this particular album right but Lions and Lambs in particular is him him being observant and skeptical about everything and questioning everything but also attempting to find a balance um in this rat race we run called life, right? And then this particular song, um, it kind of reminds me of the late great Nipsey Hussle, and in uh, in all of his rhymes and all of his work, it um, the marathon continues. Hey. So, in that particular song by Crit Lions and Lambs, really represents the marathon continuing to grind and stand tall and to stand firm in your beliefs to always dream but always to strive for that next level and I think Crit did that with this particular album Return of Forever alright so Lions and Lambs is the recommendation from the young brother yep um, underrated never underra- faded underrated alright uh, 
Yeah, appreciate you, man. Plug, plug. Uh, let's talk, bro. One more time. Let's talk, bro, man. So it's a let's talk, bro, podcast on Black masculinity. It's with my boy Jeremy Hurt and I. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Let's Talk, bro, pod, and you can follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk, bro, and you can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, um, Stitcher Radio, wherever you download podcasts. Except for we're title. on it. Except yeah, title. I'm sorry about that. Uh, we might be working on that, but we'll see what's up. Yeah. But anywhere you can find podcasts, you can listen to us talk about issues around, for, and about black masculinity. Yeah. And uh, brothers who's listening to this, uh, join the podcast group. If you do end up eventually listening to it, the podcast group is on Facebook. And it's a safe space for black men to really talk about problems, man. Problems that they might be having, um, problems that... Um, problems that they might be having with maybe mental health or other things that um, maybe sports and other stuff in terms of competitiveness, but also really just getting to the nitty gritty of really understanding what black masculinity is and how we can um, help reconstruct certain definitions of it. So that's that's the work that Jeremy and I try to do with this podcast. And doing a fake, like, no bullshit. Um, I, I'm sure I have like a couple of like black male friends who like probably don't want to hear this listen to the podcast let's talk bro a podcast on black masculinity it's really good it's we really need it. necessary we so, need it yeah and thank you yeah, thank no. you for the for for the opportunity to plug man and thank you for the opportunity to come on what suits him for the first time you feel me and not the only time and not the only time we about to talk some more shit in oh lord seconds. man i got all types of shit to talk about but i mean that's gonna come before this so whatever yep. but i appreciate you bro all right man appreciate it yeah Okay, one more huge thanks to Kier. Um, yeah, I think I'm a Crit fan now, y'all. Um, he just actually released his newest project, Crit Is Here, on last Friday, and I like it a lot. I tweeted, actually, the first song, I mean, it was the lead single, it's called uh, Crit Here, and he's, he flips a whining sample, and the whinings are Detroiters. So, hey, anybody that's going to sample um, a Detroit gospel group specifically, has my stamp of approval. So, uh, you got another one, Crit, Congratulations. well, not congratulations, but uh, happy to be on the bandwagon. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's kind of like, I mean, just as a quick tangent, I know this is like a longer pie and I want to wrap up, but I think that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to do this project. Um, just, I, I know specifically in the last five years, a lot of stuff, I just don't have the bandwidth to listen to all this music. Um, specifically with my aversion to streaming until the last couple years and all this, I just didn't have the time to like trying to keep up with everybody. And to be honest, Crit was a casualty of that. And so, Shout out to my friends who actually like stayed on on course and listened to the guy because now they're getting me hip, and now I feel uh, less stupid for not being a fan ten years ago. So it's all good. Um, but yeah, be back next week recording the next episode tonight, and then recording part four of the Album of the Decade Project hopefully on Sunday, if not Monday of next week. So uh, yeah, be back next week. See y'all then. Now who dead peeking in my window? Music on crescendo, vibing to the sounds of the endo. Playing King Kong, no Nintendo. I can't trust the soul niggas giving up they can't vote. Grandmamas, mamas, and baby mothers, grandfathers, fathers, and baby brothers get scared, find themselves undercover. You knew the consequences of pushing them junkies hubbers. I tell the story how it be. Don't bring no dirt in mind. Don't speak on what you see. Always call before you come. You get jammed, you don't know me. Leave that wire at the door. Wash your hand before you eat. 
Don't play the game if it ain't keeps. Be ready for the finals, better practice what you preach. You ain't the stand-up type, then find a seat. Your blood is thicker than water, but both them things leak. Okay, so time never waits for no man. Peep your hand.